Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by my colleague Maurice Patton. Mo, what's up? Whew. Feel like I can finally take a breath. I can't. We're still not on Facebook yet, but I'm getting us there. <laughs> All right, there we go. Oh, okay. We're now so, on so Facebook. So maybe I can't take a breath. Huh? So, uh, well, I, you know, we were we were in the middle of a hundred different things. Leading up to the the preparation of this yeah, show, you say "were" like we're not any longer. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're only really up to one thing at this point, and that is the talking show. sports. <laughs> so let's. And there's a lot that goes into that, but at least it's just one avenue. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it is a it is going to be a heck of a Monday. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you. Make sure to. Stick around because Kevin Ingram or King Graham, <laughs> King Graham. will be headed this uh, this way shortly at three o'clock to talk a little bit about the Vanderbilt Commodores. We've also got Titans talk with Teresa Walker. That's a lot of alliteration, you know. And, and how they're going to be brushing up on two point plays. Yeah, there's a lot to get into in this situation with with the Titans, uh, and you know, I don't, I don't love when Mike Vrabel gets kind of snippy because it's like it's, just it's a part of the question, package, right? though, man. I mean, I, I guess, but like, I don't, I don't love it either. I don't love it. I don't feel like it's necessary. But if it's a stupid question, I don't hate it. 
Because, like, don't ask stupid questions. And there's some people in the media here in Nashville who ask a lot of stupid questions. That's fine. But if it's a valid question, don't be snippy. So that's yeah. just my initial thoughts on that. We'll talk mm-hmm. to Teresa about it later. But anyway, that and, of course, rapid-fire reaction. We're going to react to week zero of college football, week two of high school football, all of that coming your way. But we need to get to Teresa as quickly as possible, which means we need to get out of this segment as quickly as possible, which means we need to get into the results from the weekend and today's schedule and the rundown. This is the Rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Football action from Friday, Nolensville down to Antioch 50-24. to was Joe Burns, a 51-7 winner over Ballard Memorial of Kentucky. Battleground Academy downs Maplewood 42-12, while Brentwood edges Brentwood Academy in a heck of a ball game 21-18. It was Center Grove of Indiana taking care of 6A Power Oakland, 28-10, to 10, and wow. Kyler Creasy, broken collarbone, out four to six weeks. That's, that's, not, that's not great. Um, Clarksville down Springfield, 42-7. to seven. Wow. Clarksville taking care of business. Westmoreland, a 13-6 winner over Clay County. It was Collierville, 28. Beach, 21. Pearl Cone with a 15-11 win over Christ Presbyterian. Heck of a score there. Friendship Christian was a 35-13 winner over Donaldson Christian, while Columbia Central down Dixon County, 27-21. Eagle Bowl. Coverage. At Main Street, Murray. From yours truly. Yeah. <laughs> Eagleville Eagle. shuts out Community, 54-0. East Robertson shuts out Houston County, 69-0. Innsworth, a 17-3 winner over Montgomery Bell Academy. He's L. Harding was an 11-6. What in the world? How do you get two teams scoring 11 points on the same weekend? I am so confused right now. 11-6 winners over Clarksville Academy. Franklin Road Academy down Franklin, 47-21. is Glencliffe, 44. Republic, 6. Ending a two-year or three-year winless drought. A lengthy winless drought. Watertown, 17-7 over Gordonsville. That's a big win there. Portland, 42-6 over Greenbrier. Green Hill, 37. West Creek, nothing. Hardin County over in Savannah takes care of the Pulaski Bobcats of Giles County, 34-28. It was Harpeth, 35. Cheatham County, 6. Hendersonville, downs northeast, 54-0. Henry County edges Riverdale, 21-20. Independence was a 30-27 winner over Pageant. Overtime, three, three of them. That's six overtimes. In two weeks for Lawson Austin Smith. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Coverage at MainStreetMurray.com. Hillsboro was a 49-7 win over John Overton. East Nashville 47-26 against Kenwood. Kirkwood looking good with a big win over Montgomery Central 43-25. Lewis County downs Creekwood 14-6. as Davidson Academy 41. Lincoln County 13. Livingston Academy 24-12. Doubling up White's Creek. Logan County. I don't know if that game is final or not because apparently it was suspended. It was suspended. You're right. And... I had seen somewhere that they're going to pick it up today. Today. That's what I But I don't know if that's the final word or if they're just going to call that that because Livingston to White's Creek or White's Creek to Livingston, not easy. Not a short trip. Yeah. Logan County, Kentucky, doubles up Rossview 28-14. It was Mount Juliet Christian 36, Lookout Valley 28, Loretto with a big win. 
over Lawrence County, 24 to 20. Middle Tennessee Christian then beat Masters Academy of Florida, 41 to 13. It was Mount Juliet, 56 Hunters Lane, 12. Prince Avenue Christian of Georgia with a 42 to nothing win at Findlay Stadium in Chattanooga over Nashville Christian. In the Bishop's Cup, Father Ryan defeated Pope Prep 42-7. It was Cannon County 20, Providence Christian 7. Ravenwood bouncing back from that Alcoa loss with a 35-7 win over Cane Ridge. The Ravens now 0-2. Richland 23, Cascade 15. Saraland of Alabama, the reigning 7A state champion, 31. Lipscomb Academy 30, Mustangs 0-2. Siegel, 64, Laverne, nothing. Good pasture with a 21-20 win over Silverdale. Rockvale, 14, Smyrna, 9. Mount Pleasant, 18, Spring Hill, 13. Gallatin with a 42-39 shootout victory over Station Camp. It was Stewart's Creek, 28, Blackman, 21. McGavick with a 30-14 win over Stratford. Wayne County, 40, Summertown, 14. The Wildcats scoring the last 26 in that one. Centennial, 42, Summit, nothing. James Lawson, 7. Sycamore, 2. Who, who, got, who pitched in that? I, I don't know, but it was not a save situation. <laughs> it was not. Uh, Upperman with a 24-14 win over Lebanon. Waverly downing Chris Hughes' Fairview Bunch, 47-21. The Yellow Jackets, 0-2. White House with a 20-18 win over Liberty Creek. White House Heritage, 41. East Hickman, 19. Wilson Central, 42. Clarks from Northwest, nothing. And in eight-man football. It was South Haven Christian 36, Zion Christian 6. Volleyball from Friday, Eagleville defeated Webb, Bell Buckle 2 to nothing, also defeated Spring Hill 2 to nothing. Middle Tennessee Christian defeated someone in the Middle Tennessee Classic <laughs> 2 to nothing, also defeated Blackman 2 to nothing, and Germantown 2 to nothing. It was Riverdale 2, Station Camp nothing, and Riverdale 2, Dyersburg nothing. Spring Hill with a 2 nothing win over Webb. And Thompson, Alabama, three, Stewart's Creek, one. Saturday action, it was Martin Luther King with a 2-0 win over uh, Cheatham County. Cheatham County, though, with three wins. Oh, a 2-0 win over Dixon County, 2-1 over Milan, and 2-0 over Edel Harding. Rossview, then downs Cheatham County, 2-0. Eagleville uh, with a win in the Middle Tennessee Classic over someone, 2-1, and a 2-0 win over Dyersburg. Friendship Christian, three wins. 2-1 over Lebanon, 2-0 over Centennial, 2-0 over Brentwood Academy. Gallatin gets Christian Community, 2-0. East Robertson, 2-0. And Macon County, 2-0. Green Hill downs Friendship Christian, 2-0. Loretto with four wins. And this was at, at Lawrence County, I believe. The Wildcat something, it may have been in Alabama. I'm I not think sure. I think it's at Florence. Is there, it, is there a Wildcat the Falcons, in Florence? So. Oh, it, uh, Central, Central Wildcats, I think, so that might have been it. Uh, they beat Wilson, Alabama, 2-0, Covenant of Alabama, 2-0, Clay Chalkville of Alabama, a 6A school, 2-0, and Lindsey Lane Christian Academy, 2-0, but fell to Central Florence, 2 nothing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Middle Tennessee Christian defeated Lawrence County, 2-0 in Station Camp, but fell to Riverdale, 2-0, who also beat Rockville. Alabama Christian defeated Riverdale 2-1. Siegel was a 2-0 win over Friendship Christian. Spring Hill 2-0 over Germantown, but falls to Oakland 2-0. Spring Hill also beat Station Camp, though, 2-1, but also fell to Rockville 2-0. White House Heritage was a 2-1 win over Gallatin. And on Sunday, Friendship Christian was a 2-1 winner over Siegel. 
Girls soccer action. Franklin County blanked White House three to nothing. It was page five. Jefferson County nothing. Zionsville of Indiana defeated Murfreesboro Central four to two. Sevier County six. Greenville nothing. Dixon County five. Stone Memorial nothing. Good pasture with the one nothing win over University High. Giles County two. William Blunt one. On Saturday, it was Anderson County six. Good pasture nothing. Greenbrier with a three one win over Cosby. Good pasture defeated DeKalb County 5-1. Ensworth with a 1-0 win over Archbishop Alter of Ohio. Jefferson County defeated Murfreesboro Central 2-0. It was St. Mary's Episcopal 3, Liberty Creek nothing. Loudon with a 3-0 win over Giles County. Also Morristown East with a 5-0 win over the Lady Bobcats. Bethlehem of Kentucky defeated Murfreesboro Central 4-0. Dixon County 3, Oneida nothing. Page with a 2-1 win over Zionsville of Indiana. West Creek 7, Sycamore nothing. It was Liberty Creek 2, Walker Valley 1. Frederick Douglass of Kentucky defeated White House 6-1. And St. George's defeated White House 5-0. On Sunday, Knoxville Halls defeated Greenbrier 8-0. Liberty Creek defeated South Warren of Kentucky 4-0. Bethlehem of Kentucky and Page played to a 1-1 draw. And Ray County blanked Dixon County. One nothing. Major League Baseball, the Tigers take game one against the Astros four to one, but the Astros bounce back and take the series nine to two and seventeen to four. The Phillies sweep the Cardinals seven two, twelve one and three nothing. The Pirates take game one two to one over the Cubs, but Chicago gets the series win ten six and ten one. Brewers sweep the Padres seven three, five four, ten six. Diamondbacks take two of three from the Reds, ten to eight. Reds win eight to seven in game two, and the Diamondbacks with the rubber match. Win 5-2 to two on Sunday. The Braves take 2-3 of three from the Giants. 5-1 and 7-3 before falling on Sunday 8-5. to five. Minor League Baseball Action Sounds win the series, taking the Friday game 7-3, but fall on Saturday and Sunday 4-1 and 7-4 against the Stripers of Gwinnett. College Football Action Jacksonville State gets its first win as an FBS uh, member. 17-14 over Texas El Paso. Vanderbilt was a 35-28 winner over Hawaii. In NFL preseason action, the Titans down the Patriots 23-7. And in WNBA play, how about this score? Washington 78, Las Vegas 62. You know, I kind of get the same feeling about the Aces that we have about the Braves right about now. Because I think point, they fell to 30-5. and five Yeah, it's, with that it loss. is what it is. Yeah. The Liberty, however, not taking any chances. 111 to 76 winners <laughs> over Minnesota. Not taking any chances. Well, yeah. they might be tired today, and that may be what Las Vegas is counting on. Mm -mm. Uh, Connecticut downs Las, Ve Los Angeles 83 to 68, and Indiana was an 83-80 winner over Atlanta. In soccer action, Atlanta defeated Nashville Soccer Club 3-0. Volleyball action today. 5.30 starts for Columbia Academy at Battleground Academy, Webb at Middle Tennessee Christian, Zion Christian at Mount Pleasant, Franklin Road Academy at Providence Christian, Donaldson Christian at Friendship Christian. Again, all of those are 5.30 starts. At 6 o'clock, Columbia Central hosts Fairview. Also, Knowledge Academies travels to Harper, and at some time, Loretta plays at Lincoln County. On the pitch, 5 o'clock first touch, Franklin Road Academy is at Providence Christian at 5.30, Glencliff hosting East Robertson. At 6 o'clock, White House Heritage is at Gallatin at 6.30. Beach hosts Christ Presbyterian Academy. I wonder if they play on the football field. Hmm. 
Um, also, at six, question. also at 6.30, Columbia Central is at Lincoln County answering one question. And Rossview is at Lipscomb Academy at 7.30. Major League Baseball action. The Astros are at the Red Sox tonight at 6.10. At 6.45, the Cardinals welcome in San Diego. The Brewers are at the Cubs at 7.05. And the Braves are in the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado against the Rockies at 7.40. The Reds are at the Johnson in a late one. 8.45 is the first pitch there. And in WNBA action, the Aces are at New York against the Liberty at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. And that, folks, is the rundown. Thank you. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly. Make sure to go see the fine folks over at Piggly Wiggly to get your fresh hand-cut meats, your daily lunch, meat and three vegetables, or your fresh produce. Plenty of Plenty of stuff there. Uh, we, one of our top stories last week, Mo, uh, was, and we'll, we'll talk more about this because we're, we're going to take a quick break here, but I just want to throw this out there. The ACC presidents are going to be meeting today about adding three schools, Stanford, Cal, and Southern Methodist. And that is... That's an interesting trio, for one. For the Atlantic Coast Conference. Well, <laughs> I mean, at this point. Maybe they're the BCC, the Bicoastal Conference. As we tried to to tell them from the beginning, just go get the West Coast, be the Coastal Conference, and be done with it. Uh, the Coast to Coast Conference. Right? Coast to Coast. Yeah, the CCC. CCC. Yeah, I like it. C cubed. For those schools, that would work. It would, because they wouldn't actually know what it meant. Yeah, the smart schools, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later, and get, we'll get more into it. But your initial reaction to that thought? I guess I'm just so old school that I'm so geographics bound that it, it really, <clears throat> it kind of stresses me to see Virginia and Wake and, and North Carolina and some of those other schools in the same conference with Stanford and Cal. I just, I struggle a little bit with the concept, but I'm also having to understand that geographics don't mean anything anymore. <sighs> That's true. But, but you know what else doesn't mean anything anymore? <clears throat> Student-athlete welfare. It certainly seems to be, which, I mean, we talked with Greg Seitz, who said, you know, it's only once every other year, and for every thing, but, but it's but I mean, once it's every But, I mean, it's year. only once every other year that volleyball is going from Jacksonville to New Mexico State. But it's also tennis. It's also all those other minor non-revenue-producing sports. Sorry. Um that are doing it midweek. Potentially, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I think there's, there's, there's issues, but uh, I, I mean, if you can take your tennis, girls, soccer, and volleyball all on the same, you know, hmm. plane, maybe that 
maybe that you know nixes some issues. I don't know. Well, it, it still doesn't negate the two or three days that they're going to be out of class. And, and you you got to play Stanford and Cal in one trip. So I would think so you're going to make one trip. So maybe one's a Wednesday and one's a Saturday. The problem is that Stanford and Cal got to make seven trips, not one. Yeah, that's the key. And everybody's got to stop in Dallas, so you might as well play Dallas. We'll play yes, you want to go there. You there. That's yeah. just how it works. <laughs> that's, that's how you got to go to Atlanta to get from mm -hmm. Nashville to Memphis. Exactly. <laughs> that's just how it works. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, well, yeah, let's we'll get into it more again. Like I said, but uh, there is a story on the Athletic and, and some other conference news on there as well. Because there's always conference news. There is, in fact. But we need to get to a quick break here. Uh, Teresa Walker standing by, and she's got a hard out at 240, so we've got to get to her ASAP on Main Street Sports Center, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're here in the Lee Company studio in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us and glad to have our next guest, the queen of all sports writing in Tennessee and maybe the southeast. Let's just be honest here, uh, at least. At least. At least. And we appreciate the time that we get with Teresa anytime we can get it. So let's bring her in. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Hey, guys. How you doing? Oh, we're still <laughs> trying to figure that out, out actually. <laughs> we just yeah, don't know. yeah. This, this, this is that's kind of like post game when I'm talking to the losing coach. I try not to use that phrase. How are you doing? So let's just let's just fast forward past that question <laughs> and get know. on to the next one. Yeah, because yeah, not good actually. <laughs> um, well, if you're closer to a kicker than the Tennessee Titans, then you're way ahead of the game. So. Two-point conversion coach, Teresa. Uh, well, I think at this moment, doing the Wildcat with Derrick Henry is probably their best option for extra mm -hmm. points, period. Uh, now, that said, uh, That's let's the get... the King Cat, isn't it? The King Cat, yes. I prefer King Cat. That is the better way to, to call that play. But the, the fun thing is going to be how they do this. And, I mean, I've been dealing with people on social media the last 24 hours, and they're like, they just don't appreciate that position. They don't invest in that position. Well, they haven't invested a draft pick in it lately. They haven't invested a big contract in it lately, although Randy Bullock did have a decent contract. Uh, they cut him to, because he was a, they needed some salary cap space in late February when they cut him and Taylor Lewan and a few other guys. Uh, you know, uh, people seem to forget that this team has kind of been up against it uh, over the last couple of years. And, and you, you know, so when they've had good kickers, they paid them well, right? From Ryan Suckup to Rob Baronis to uh, Joe Nedney, Al Del Greco. But uh, right now, they are now among the handful of NFL teams. I mean, the Cleveland Browns traded a future draft pick to the Chargers for a kicker. Um, so, you know, we were kind of joking in the press box that, uh, Friday night. Maybe maybe uh, Nick, uh, Bill Belichick could just tell uh, Vrabel which one he's not going to keep and leave him in Nashville for him, you know, whether it was Nick Folk or the kid that they drafted, kid who hit the dead gum crossbar on a kickoff. So, uh, but they spent a fourth round pick on that kid. So uh, I think well, it was Chad. Well, he hit the, hit the crossbar on a kickoff. I mean, <laughs> I know, that's a strong leg. So, but that's the thing. So, you know, as, and, and, you know, that was my first question of Rabel today. And he said, it's a fluid situation. So uh, we're going to have to wait and see. But Mike, they, Mike they had, clearly watching our show. Clearly. But they had some I'm good Mike. news today. Uh, I know. Well, he does he does monitor social media. I can attest to that. So uh, I'm not going to say how, but I can attest to that. So, but Charlie Burks was back on the practice field today, at least during individuals. Which now that we're kind of in regular season mode, all we can watch is individual and stretching. But uh, you know, he made a really nice one-handed grab and came down on that left leg, the one that he injured the LCL in uh, up in Minnesota on my anniversary, August 16th. So if it, you know, it, barring any setbacks. I, you know, I, if I'm a Titans fan, I'm feeling a little bit more confident that maybe he is available for the opener of September 10th in New Orleans. And, you know, Monty Rice was back out there today. Chig Quanquo uh, was out there, you know, a hip contusion. So, you know, they got some key guys back on the field today. Now, uh, the other thing to keep an eye on is, you know, yesterday when I asked if they had seen enough to know who their backup is, 
for that season opener in New Orleans, Mike Rabel said, I don't think so. And that is a key thing. And because, uh, I, you know, personally, the fact that he, you know, Malik Willis has played so much and they can't say he's our number two right now. That tells me that they're trying to leave that door open as wide as possible for Will Levis to be the number two. Well, and I mean, I can understand that. I mean, you, you only got to see Will Levis in one game. You drafted him in the third round. I mean, you want to give him every opportunity, uh, regardless of my thoughts about Will Levis. I see where the Titans are on this. You, you just want to give him every opportunity to either conclusively not be the number two or to earn the number two. And he hadn't really had the opportunity to do that, unfortunately, because of this leg injury. But, um, yeah, Teresa, going back to the kicker situation just a second, as soon as I posted something on Facebook about, you know, Paige and James Willhoit, somebody pointed out to me, and then I saw it over and over and over again after that, Apparently, Mason Crosby is working out at Brentwood High School. Uh, yes, uh, somebody retweeted. How convenient uh, is that? Well, but he's 39, and while he looked great with nobody else on the field and somebody shooting the video, one we don't know, you know, where, you know, how many kicks did he try? Uh, what was he good on? What, you know, we saw the kicks that were made not the kicks that were missed. Ryan sucked up his back in town. He's, he lives in the area. So it's like kickers are around. Finding a kicker who can be healthy, available, and make, you know, m- make the majority of his kicks. And, and at this point, I, I think Nick Sutton. So- clearly not good enough. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, at this point, I'm tempted to go try. Uh, you know, I mean, I couldn't be much worse than what they've had the last few years. So I'll it, take the league minimum. We all would. So, <laughs> but that's the thing, finding somebody who can, I mean, Michael Badgley, it, I'll just say this. Seeing him on the practice field Tuesday when his kicks were leaking right, I was not surprised. The only thing that surprised me on uh, Friday night was that his first uh, field goal bounced in off the left upright, and then his the one that he missed was left because everything was leaking right on Tuesday. So he kind of overcorrected. So it, it's just a big challenge. What can we say? Okay, you, but if you don't have anybody else. Yeah, again, we're, we're, we're going dust off the king cat. But, I mean, how is it that the Titans and, and contracts and everything else aside, how is it that, I mean, there, there are, what, 32 teams out there? Yeah. How many teams are actually having this same type struggle at that position? Well, I haven't gone through, but, uh, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, uh, my colleague Tom Withers reported that they traded a future draft pick to the Chargers for Dustin Hopkins because their guy, uh, Cade York, in his second year, went four of eight this preseason. So, this, you know, uh, shoot, the, 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 the Patriots used a second pick in the fourth round on a kicker this year. So, it, it, you know, for all the people saying just they need to invest in a kicker, well, it, is that a draft pick? This team hasn't had many of those the last couple of years. You know, they traded up to get Malik Willis last year. They traded up to get Will Levis this year. You know, so they were trying to address quarterback. And so, yeah, but, you know, quarterback, I, I hate to tell people, is a more important position than kicker 
until you need a kicker. So it's, <laughs> that's the thing. The Titans have not had the greatest resources to deal with the situation because of the cap. You know, they've been tied up against the cap. They haven't had that many draft picks available, uh, you know, because they struck out in the draft. They, you know, when guys have left, they haven't gotten, you know, compensatory picks to help bulk up their draft pick pool. So, it, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, so yeah, they're trying to catch as catch can and trying to find somebody and put it through the uprights. Well, it's it, it's a little frustrating as a fan of minor league football that a player like Brandon Aubrey is kicking for the Cowboys, who didn't necessarily need a kicker, and here we are. What? Meanwhile, we just keep bringing in seems like guys off the street. So I'm just saying there there are guys out there who are kicking all throughout the spring, XFL, USFL, and and there's plenty of film out there. I, I don't I don't understand. So maybe I'm just silly eyed, but Well but that's the thing, Chris, is guys can be kicking. It is different when you get them out onto an NFL practice field and they're, they're working for a job. A guy might be really great at one level. He might be great on a high school field, again, like you know Mason Crosby, working all by himself, and you can look at that film, and then when you get him out here, you know, I hate to tell people, but the NFL is the best of the best. So the guys that are coming to try to block that kick are a smidge faster. Uh, they're taller. They're longer. Uh, you know, I mean, shoot, remember the game that the uh, Titans beat the Chiefs because they had a guy get around. I think it was Joshua, Joshua Kalu got around the edge and got a hand on the ball. You know, it's tougher to do it at this level. So, um, you know, it is the best of the best. And while a lot of people, you know, try – you know, oh shoot, before I got married, I dated a lot of people. There were a lot of frogs in the sea, and a lot of them drowned. Just saying. I mean, you know, one made the final cut, and thankfully he's he's been he's been on my roster for 27 years and counting. It's just not that easy to to find that person. That was some insight that I wasn't necessarily expecting as we talked. Me either. Kicker, but you know. That's that's what we get when we bring Teresa Walker on. Um, Teresa, what as they try to get down to fifty three tomorrow? Where what position is going to be the most contested? Would you say? Oh, that's a good question. They just uh, also up, um, activated Dylan Radens from the pup list. So uh, he's going to be somebody that they have to make a decision on. And he practiced today. Um, so offensive line, Mike Vrabel said that Chris Hubbard is the uh, right tackle. And, you know, you can kind you know, can, let's put it this way. That does not feel like that's written in Sharpie at the moment. Okay. Um, there, you know, so especially with Dylan Radins coming back, uh, Nick Petit Frere, you know, he starts when the, when the cut rock happens tomorrow, that deadline, well, he has to go away, but Mike Rabel did clarify that after like three games, he will be able to come back and work out here, attend meetings. So there'll be some familiarity to help speed up his return. Of course, he, he can't, he, he can't rejoin the team and, yeah, he can't get re- he cannot take the field until after the bye week because the sixth game is in London against Baltimore and then they have their bye. So it's going to be October 29th against Atlanta before there'll even be a chance for them to put him on the field against Atlanta. And you know, and he won't even be able to practice until you know they start preparing for Atlanta. So um, 
offensive line, outside linebacker. I mean, I don't think that they can risk, uh, you know, putting Caleb Murphy and cutting him because that kid has shown he can get to the quarterback, you know, with the sacks that he's got. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see, you know, offensive line is always a big area. Uh, defense back, Mia, you know, they've already started making some cuts. They made some yesterday. They made a couple today. Um, so, but offensive line is the biggest area because guys, let's be honest, that, that and outside linebacker, those are the areas that, that are, you know, and, and honestly quarterback, because I'm not going to be surprised if maybe, it, you know, trying to build up some of that future draft stock, trade Malik Willis to somebody who might want, you know, might be in love with him. I, I would certainly take calls if I'm Rand Carthon to see if there is interest in, in Malik Willis. Two reasons. He was the last GM's pick and he was the 86 pick overall last year. And what we were told was that he was the best player available. I'm sorry, but Will Levis is the guy that they traded up to take at number 33 overall. And while they say that draft stock doesn't matter once you get into the regular season mode, those two interceptions, two, there's been one interception in each, each of the last two preseason games that, you know, you can't make as an NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, I mean, that second one the other night, you know, you've got to throw a better ball or he just did not see that linebacker floating in the middle of the field and threw the ball right to him. And those are issues that are very concerning. He was sacked eight times this preseason, had more interceptions than touchdown passes. And, you know, he's had you've seen a lot. Adam Malik Willis and, you know, Mike Vrabel over the weekend, Friday night, even in his Saturday, it was kind of like, well, this was good. Then there's this. This was nice. Then there's this. It doesn't sound like they've, he's, you know, Malik Willis has imbued them with a lot of confidence at this moment. A trade of Malik Willis leaves you with Will Levis as your number two, right? Yeah, that would, you know, unless they trade and swap for a veteran on another team. Colt McCoy got cut, is getting cut by the Arizona Cardinals, and it looks like uh, Malik, I mean, excuse me, Josh Dobbs is going to be quarterback number one, at least for the foreseeable future, for the Arizona Cardinals. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. They're could've as. Could have had him. Could have, could have, could have. Well, I, I wouldn't have let him go to begin with, but that was just exactly. me. So um, that's going to be the interesting thing. Yes, it will, in fact. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Uh, Teresa, real quick before you get out of here, just tell us uh, what do we need to look for this week? What, what is the one thing that, that you're kind of paying attention to at practice? And then, of course, with, with Coach Vrabel. Well, I saw the biggest thing today with Traylon Burks being back. I mean, him being back, Chig Aquanquo being back on the practice field. Even if they didn't do anything beyond uh, individuals that we were allowed to see, there will not be an injury report uh, officially until a week from Wednesday. Um, so, you know, and, and with Chris Hubbard being the guy right now, I, I want to see how they pair this roster down tomorrow by 3 o'clock and, and, and see are they keeping three uh, quarterbacks? Are they keeping five wide receivers for now? Or is it going to be six? Do we end up maybe seeing Kyle Phillips as the sixth receiver and no kicker? And then once you get past the waiver wire period, maybe there's a move to put Kyle Phillips, you know, who was seen in the locker room today with a knee brace uh, on his left knee. Does he go on IR sidelining him until 
uh, I can't remember if it's four games now or six games, uh, but, you know, you're putting him on the shelf for a while and clearing up a spot for a kicker that you then claim off of waivers or go sign. So, uh, you know, there's some moving pieces here. The biggest ones are at receiver, quarterback, and kicker, obviously. Teresa Walker, we appreciate your time. Thank you, and have a fantastic day. Thank you, guys. And, uh, hey, we're all day to day. And, and, you know, for the kicker, jeez, it's hour to hour. (laughs) Have a good rest of your Monday. We'll talk soon. Mo, uh, some options at kicker. Just, and I know this is the most we've ever talked about a kicker on the show, (laughs) but the Titans do not have one. Not a one. It is the weirdest thing ever. Free agent, 40 years old, Robbie Gould. 39-year-old free agent, Mason Crosby, who has been mentioned. 37-year-old free agent, Ron Sucker, also has been mentioned, but not in the idea of <clears throat> that he could be a, a potential option. Other options, the good losers, as Mike Herndon calls them, Loser of the Saints kicking battle, uh, Will Lutz or Blake Group. Right. Loser of the Patriots kicking battle, Nick Folk or Chad Ryland, who That's fourth round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, loser of the Chargers kicker battle, who you know Dustin Hopkins was just traded. So I guess Cameron Dicker, the kicker, is going to be the guy in 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 San, in, uh, San Diego. Jesus. Los Angeles. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I mean, I, I did not see any reason to correct you when you said it. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the loser of the 49ers battle, uh, Zane Gonzalez and Jake Moody. So, Jake Moody was a third-round draft pick. So, probably Zane Gonzalez <laughs> not going to be the guy. Uh, I think I'd be most comfortable with, with Will Lutz. Excuse me, if the Saints decide to make him available. Last year, he was only 74.2% on field goals. Really? Guess um, that's why they're considering making him available. It, well, now, and, and I think that's, um, that's the thing that you kind of have to be concerned with is, you know, what are you getting if that's the, you know, the, the lake that you're fishing in? Nick Folk, 91.4% of extra points, 86.5% of field goals, but has he can't kick it to the end zone. 9.1% touchback rate. 9.1 in the NFL where they want touchbacks. They're trying to make the game have mm-hmm. touchbacks, and he can't get it to the end zone. So can – and it's unfortunate that we no longer have Teresa as we continue this conversation. Has Stonehouse kicked off? Is that a possibility? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if what he's done necessarily. He was on the Ray Guy watch list, obviously, for punting. But doesn't 
it doesn't look like he kicked. I think he uh, – so, I, I mean, it doesn't say that he's kicked off or didn't kick off, so I don't know. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that's – I just don't know. I mean, you know, just go straight on some kick and two-point conversions. Let's go. Can you tell? Heck, let Derek kick off. At this point, probably did it in high school. Probably. So I, I don't know. It's just it, it's kind of a weird situation. It's, it's certainly one I've never seen. So I don't know. It's anyway. going to be interesting if they release a 53-man roster tomorrow that does not have a kicker on it. Well, I mean, because I mean they got a. At, at this point, you almost got to wait until everybody's cut, don't you? You're not going to sign a kicker today. 24 hours ahead. No. And, and I guess that's what they're hoping for is to be able to put someone, you know, to open up a roster spot to pick up someone after the 53. I don't know. So even if you make the 53-man roster tomorrow for the Titans, it's not over unless there's a kicker on it. So, and I don't, I don't, I wouldn't anticipate there being at this point. Yeah, not, not, neither would I. Neither would I. This is a, this is a wild situation. We'll continue to monitor it. It's a fluid situation. It is, in fact, a fluid situation. Thanks, Coach Brabel. We'll be right back after a quick break here on Main Street Sports today. We've got to talk a little baseball, so stick around. We'll be right back after this to the Lee Company studio. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. Ten years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. 
skills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation, report of finding for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. And at bat, that shouldn't have occurred when it did, proved to be the difference in the Braves' 4-2 win over visiting Houston. Ryan Klesko's apparent inning-ending ground out to shortstop in the sixth became an E-2 as catcher's interference was called on Tony Eusebio. Klesko, whose homer in the fourth put Atlanta on the scoreboard, was on base with Michael Tucker when Javi Lopez homered to bring the host back from a one-run deficit. That was this day in Braves history. The dreaded catcher's interference. Yeah, that's it's interesting because did you see the play the other day where uh, a, a ball was hit in foul territory and the catcher gets up and runs straight ahead into the <laughs> into the batter? Yeah, it was wild. Okay. Uh, and and the ball ended up literally like almost in the dugout. That's that's where the ball ended up, and he really catcher pops, solid, huh? catcher pops up and runs straight forward. <laughs> it's wild, and then right into the batter. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's that 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 was a that was a weird one, but yeah. Maybe he should have snatched the mask off. Uh, he, or he did. He did. Yeah, took it off. Never found it. Just, huh? just <laughs> figured he'd go, you know, take a couple steps in before finding the. Goodness ball. gracious. That's <laughs> So let's talk briefly about last night's game. All right. Because you know there were there were two camps on Twitter last night. Oh boy. There were there were folks who were upset with Colin McHugh's existence. Oh, so there's only one camp in this room. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think it's. I think there's some nuance to the situation. Okay, so Colin McHugh comes in, what with two outs in the fifth, and clearly we've gotten all the positive contributions we're going to get out of Jarrett Schuster at that point. Somebody's got to come in and finish up the inning. Colin McHugh 
You're runners up. on the corners, two outs. Get me a ground ball and let's go to the house. Can't do it. No. In fact, can't even throw a strike. Can't do it. To two consecutive batters. Walks in a run. Puts the Giants up what? Four to three. Six three. No. Six three at that point. Because the Braves scored two in their half to make it six five. Right? No, 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 no. I don't believe so. I believe he wa he walked in the game go-ahead run at 4-3, and then the base is clearing double right after that. Okay. All right. All right. To make that it 6 That made it 6 -3. Okay. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Yes. It was tied 3-3. When he walked, we, yeah, he walked in the, the tying run and mm -hmm. then gave up a bases clearing double to make it 6-3. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which right. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but okay. I, I can deal with that. So we're up 6-3. Going to the top of the sixth. You get two runs back. Ozuna Homer. Six make five. It six five. Why does Colin McHugh go back out? <laughs> I can tell you why. You don't want to hear it, but I can tell you why. Tell me why anyway. Because we were losing in the seventh inning. And so that means if I had a flag, I'd wave it. We're just trying to get out of here now. And here's my problem. My problem is not with using Colin McHugh and Michael Tonkin in the situations that they were used in last night. Based, based on where the bullpen was mm -hmm. at that moment. My problem is the night before when you're up five freaking runs and you use Joe Jimenez and A.J. Minter in a five-run ball, five ball game when you could have used Michael Tonkin and, and Colin, Colin McHugh. McHugh. Of course, now these days, when you use Colin McHugh, a five-run ball game might become a one-run ball game, too. But, okay, I mean, but I'll, I'll take that. <coughs> that's better than a tie ball game. I, I'll take that better than, you know, going from ahead to down three. Right. That's my problem. And it's, and it's consistent. But even, even at that, even putting Saturday night's game to the side, once... The Braves score those two runs on Ozuna from the Braves' home run to make it 6-5. You got it's got to be somebody else. It, and yet he had a. And why not? I mean, why not Tonkin right there? That's a great question. I would have. I, I mean, why not literally anyone? Anybody. As you said, <laughs> anybody anyone. but McHugh. And yet, in the bottom of the sixth, and yet it's McHugh who gives up two more runs. And, 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 now and everybody, yeah, now it's over. Now everybody's waving the same white flag that Snicker was waving an inning earlier. That's correct. And again, we get it. You can't win every game. You can't manage to win every game, but you cannot manage to lose. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it, you're throwing. And, and, you know, Snickers always said, well, the, the bullpen and the, the rotation really is above my pay grade. But the, how you use your bullpen is exactly within your pay grade. It is what you it's are what tasked pay, to do. It's what your pay grade is based on. It is literally what you're tasked to do. And, and it's times like these. Make a lineup. Choose the pitchers. That's all you got to do. It, it's times like these that remind me that the Braves have a world championship in spite of Brian Snitker, not because of Brian Snitker. And anybody that says otherwise needs to go back and watch 
these last two games. It, it just it makes no sense to me how you, you, you have a 7-8-9 list of... I mean, Dylan Lee and Jesse Chavez would have come in in that situation. One of those two would have come in in that situation. Jesse Chavez would have come in in the fifth and, if he were healthy. Right. He would have come in in the and fifth. And Dylan Lee probably would have come behind him. And, and then you're into, you're ahead three to two with the new night shift. Mm-hmm. You know, mentor, yeah. or Jimenez, Jimenez mentor. Jimenez mentor in, in Iglesias. In Iglesias. So. Very frustrating. That's the frustrating to, part. To watch a team drop to 84 and 45. <laughs> it's the, the frustrating <laughs> part is that you know that there are better there are better ways and better options available than what your manager gives you. And that's what's frustrating. Um, this just in. Okay. Are they all bees activated? Ooh. Darius Vines up. Who? Wow. The 25-year-old, who is the club's number 10 prospect per MLB pipeline, has gone 2-2 two two with a 2.70 ERA in nine starts across three levels. Was held out of action until the end of June because of a shoulder infl- or because of shoulder inflammation. Um, there is a chance Vines could end up getting a start like Schuster did on Sunday. This is um, from a couple of hours ago on MLB.com. Um, optioned out, by the way. Vaughn Grissom and the aforementioned Jared Schuster. So, um, I'll be interested to see. I, I guess if you've activated Ozzy, you're going to play Ozzy, right? No reason to activate him otherwise. Yeah. So, so I assume Ozzy will be in the lineup tonight against the Rockies. Um, a little bit. And, and apparently, um, Strider is supposed to go Wednesday, but there's talk of pushing him back. So if he goes against the Dodgers, which would make and, and gets an extra day of rest, both of which make sense. So, maybe Justin Toscano. The Braves wanted to use Colin McHugh, Michael Tonkin, and Brad Hand in any form to reset their bullpen. McHugh, who had good results lately, struggled on Sunday. Um, Could have reset them the day before. That's all I'm saying. Uh, some some unfortunate news here. Cleveland Guardians tweeted two hours ago that Pat Corrales has passed away. Oh. And folks, if you're a Braves fan, you remember Pat Corrales spent 17 years on the bench with the Braves from 90 to 2006. Wow. And, man, that's tough. I, I That's a name that I hadn't heard in a long time, but obviously was a vital part of the Braves' long, long run in the 90s and early 2000s. Also managed, what, Texas? Pat yeah. managed, uh, he managed the, the Rangers, the Phillies, and the Indians. Yep, Rangers, Phillies, and, and Indians. Oh, I went way back for the Rangers, 78 to 80. Phillies, 82 and 83. So was he their world? Didn't they go to the World Championship in uh, the World Series in 83, maybe? Don't 
they were 43 and 42 in 85 games, and he was fired. Ooh. So if they did, it was. It wasn't with him. him. Okay. And the Indians from 83 to 87. Wow. But yeah, a. Born in L.A., a baseball and football star at Fresno High School in Fresno. Okay, he and married his wife. Angelico? Angelico. How wild is that? I wonder if he was in the rookie league up there at that point or something. Huh, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. An offensive guard and linebacker, he was named lineman of the year by the Fresno Bee in high school. Come on. Yeah, so there we go. Anyway, that's, uh, I just saw that and wanted to, to mention Pat Corrales, who, again, Backed up Johnny Bench. Yeah. <laughs> There's no... Probably didn't play a whole lot. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Um, speaking of backup catchers, I don't know if you've seen William Contreras' numbers this year, but the only, ca the only catcher with a higher F war than Bill Contreras is Sean Murphy. There you go. There you Isn't go. that wild? That is wild. Uh, he's hitting 275, slashing 275, 354, and 444. So that's pretty great. Good good for Bill. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And good for the, the Brewers. <laughs> I mean, huh. he's, been a, he's been a positive for them. Yeah, they're, well. they're one of the few teams that don't feel like they got fleeced in a trade with the Braves. There you go. There you go. Hey, real quick, I know we're, we're still waiting. Uh, we're going to be... A little bit of time before King Graham joins us. <laughs> a question that I've been seeing a lot, and just it seems like a really good time to bring it up. Hmm. The option for Charlie Morton. Mm. And you know, you and I had it out pretty good about three <laughs> weeks ago on this show regarding Charlie Morton and you know, maybe he was just going through a blip or maybe the stars weren't aligned. I don't know. But he is, you know, he's kind of gotten back to being Uncle Charlie. And, you know, with the volatility of this starting rotation, I think you almost have to pick up that, that option. Uh, it's almost a why would you not? My thing about Charlie is that two things. Number one, he, he can eat innings. If, he, mm -hmm. if he's healthy, you got to run him out there every five days. You're right. Two, he brings something, in my opinion, that's invaluable. And that is a veteran leader in that clubhouse that you've got to have. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that he's going to take the ball as long as he's healthy. He's going to take the ball. He's going to he's gonna eat innings. He's going to be accountable. And he's probably going to strike out 200 people. <laughs> now, how he gets there may not always be pretty. And I mean, let me read this, this, this paragraph to you. Because I thought you're right. You know, there were times where he had some issues. But <clears throat> in 10 starts dating back to the beginning of July, 2.70 ERA across 56 and two-thirds. Three consecutive scoreless outings in his last three appearances, fanning 25 hitters in the process. Well, I mean, his last 
bit has been absolutely nails, lights out, that kind of thing. But he had that stretch, Chris, where where he was if we could have just left him hits. somewhere, I'd have been fine. Well, he gave up a bunch of walks and hits, but not a lot of runs. Which is, you know, you, you figure that's not going to last. If you give up a lot of walks and hits, you're going to eventually give up runs. You would think, but <laughs> but if his if his bad stretches are only walks and hits and no runs, I'll take it. <laughs> how can how can you count on that though? Well, I mean, he what, because what you're saying? not going to have all those bad games against the Mets. Well, but what what I'm saying is, if those if those are your bad games, you'll take that. You'll take giving up a bunch of walks and hits in your bad games if you're still going out there and giving up less than four runs. Well, yeah, uh, it, it just defies logic that you're giving up a bunch of walks and hits and not giving up more than four runs. But it's not like he's doing it every day. He's not consistently doing that. Those are his bad days. Yeah. On his bad days, he's still pretty darn good on the scoreboard. And I think that's what's important. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, this is... I, I just... Like I said, it just defies logic when you... What did he do against the Mets? It was nine hits and seven runs? or nine, I mean, nine hits and seven walks? or nine. It, it might have been nine hits and seven walks and three runs. No, I don't think he, I think it was a shutout, was it not? Oh, <laughs> and that's what that's what this says. Those starts that uh, did come against uh, two plummeting New York offenses, both the Mets and, and the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, but you know it, it's it's still impressive to watch uh, his his strikeout rate has gone back a little, but his fastball average is exactly what it was last year at ninety five. His curveball velocity is up, and he's getting whiffs on both of those at the same clip as he did in 2022 at between 12 and 13 percent. He's 39 years old, and dude's running out there like he's 25. Okay, on August 11th against the Mets, he went five innings. He gave up three hits. He gave up seven walks. He struck out four, and he threw five shutout innings and got the win. And how do you have that kind of traffic in five innings against anybody other than the Mets and win? And I don't know that you do. Maybe. Maybe he just likes pitching in, <laughs> in high-leverage situations, unlike well, he, Colin McHugh. And, and, and I'm going to stop with the Colin McHugh bashing because... Supposedly, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, He's got some personal issues going on. And and his, after last night, his ERA is the highest it's been since 2019. But he's got some personal issues. But he's... And, 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 you know, you want to be respectful of that, but at the same time, do we, should we know, should we even know that? But... You know who should know that? Brian Snicker. Brian Snicker. And well, I mean, what are you going to do, though? I mean, he's much like Marcelo Zuna. He's on the roster. You might as well play him. Well, what's that, that, what's that arm? That's how's not your his arm feeling. Yeah. How's your arm feeling? <laughs> exactly. Go, go take some time. 
You, you, if you need time, take time. Well, I mean, that's not even a snitker call, though. That's an, that's an Anthopolis call, I would think. But, but still, I mean, the, the, again, it's above his pay grade. And there are times where things are above his pay grade, but then again, you still have to manage it correctly, and that's not what happened. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, it looks like we could take a break and come back and talk a little Vanderbilt. That worked. And so stick around here. Main Street Sports Today is presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We will be right back after these messages to the Lee Company Studio with Kevin Ingram. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. Let your child play like the pros this fall season and join Titans Flag Football in their NFL Flag Football League. Titans Flag Football is no contact, easy to learn, convenient with teams meeting once per week for practices and games on Sundays. And we cannot forget, it's ridiculously fun. Teams are co-ed with ages from pre-K through 8th grade in select locations across Middle Tennessee. Visit TitansFlagFootball.com and sign up before registration closes on September 4th. Let's play together and win together this fall season with Titans Flag Football. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What? Wait, no, no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. <gasps> Do you hear that? We're almost there. Whoa! This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Banana Rama, so other guy Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Mo Patton, coming to you from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, as we are reacting on the Monday Mirror Rapid Fire Reaction coming your way from high school and college football in the next two segments, so please stick around for that. But now, had some local action on the gridiron in college football in week zero, and that was over at First Bank Stadium, where it took a little while to get going, but once it did, Vanderbilt took care of business, taking out Timmy Chang and the Hawaii Warriors. Rainbow Warriors. Are they back to Rainbow Warriors? They are back to Rainbow Warriors. All right, the Rainbow Warriors. Yes. 35-28. And joining us now to talk a little bit about it is Vanderbilt Radio's Kevin Ingram, or as we like to call him, King Ram. Did you <laughs> see your new logo, Kevin? Did I get a new logo? You yeah, did get a new logo. Wow, that, that's really impressive. Thanks. That, that'll get you on the best of Nashville every time, won't it? I mean, we would like to thank. We'd uh, like to thank. <laughs> that, that, that's really cool. Yes, I'm good. You know, I'll have it on hats and T-shirts and all, all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll well, NIL. That you, no charge. Yeah, yeah NIL. That, that, that's the plan, isn't it? Little NIL action. Look at you. <laughs> Kevin, as Chris said, it did take a while to get going. Some weather delays Saturday night. Um, entertaining ball game, as it turned out. Um, I don't know if Vanderbilt fans necessarily wanted to be entertained, though, <laughs> Saturday night. Um, what What's... What's the feeling in the under renovation McGugan Center, and you know what? What's the vibe coming off of that 35-28 win over Hawaii? Yeah, I, I think uh, well, first of all, just happy to, that they won the football game. I mean, the bottom line's the bottom line. You get a win and you move on, and you, it's easier to make corrections after you win a game than than after you come up short. So I, I think it's important to remember that. But it, it was a game that Vanderbilt was ahead by three touchdowns. It was thirty-five to fourteen in the second half. You think, okay, you know, Cruz uh, maybe get this thing done without too much difficulty. But to Hawaii's credit, they didn't go away. They played hard. They uh, they really passed the ball well. They have installed that run and shoot offense that, you know, they, this, they've made famous and other places have too, but, you know, especially when June Jones was the coach there. Uh, but I, yeah, they did a good job of, of getting back in the game, got within a touchdown and almost recovered an onside kick, maybe a little bit of a, a break right there for the Commodores. And uh, one, another thing that helped was Hawaii had burned all their time out. So they didn't really have any way to stop the clock at the end. And that was to Vanderbilt's advantage, but still they got the ball back and had a chance to drive down and either tie or potentially win the game. And DeRicky Wright came up with a big interception. That was a huge play and it sealed the deal and Vanderbilt could just run out the clock after that. You got to use that phrase a couple of times, actually. Ricky Wright came up with a huge mm -hmm. interception because um, the one on the play down on the goal line was was big as well, where they fumbled and were stopped right there at the one, got a procedure call, I think, and then um, he went up and, and got one in the corner of the end zone to, to stop a drive right there. Um, that kid's special. He really is, yeah. There, there are a couple of really special players in this defense. Ricky Wright is one, and C.J. Taylor is another. They, they both play kind of hybrid spots on the defense. But yeah, Ricky now a senior playing at safety, and 
know, he's, he's certainly had challenges during his career, but man, he's really come on strong in the last year or so. And uh, he made two of the biggest plays of that game. He also forced a fumble, had three tackles too in the game, but yeah, that play in the first half, we made the interception in the end zone. I mean, you, if you think about it, Hawaii was going to have a touchdown and they'd actually reviewed it and called it back and said the guy was a half yard short, but still you have the ball on the half yard line. You figure you're almost always going to score, but as you said, a procedure call brought it back five yards and, that makes it a little more difficult in the big play in the end zone to, to snuff out a scoring drive right there. But, man, DeRicky is so good, so athletic, uh, just two huge plays, more, more than two, but uh, the two big interceptions. And got a national award today from the Senior Bowl. He's named the Defensive Player of the Week, so off to a great start. Good for him. You know, I, I tweeted something right after that sequence, Kevin, that, you know, when defenses talk about make them snap it again, that's what you're looking for right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah, you get new life. I mean, that that's why anytime you're on offense and you have a chance to score a touchdown, you take the touchdown. Yeah, you don't ever, you know, get too cute about it. Uh, but yeah, you, you get new life when they, they took those points off the board. And especially after the penalty, they certainly changed things. And yeah, make them, make them snap it again. That's what happened. And uh, Vanderbilt took advantage. For the first time since 2014, Vanderbilt gets a kickoff return for a touchdown. That's That's pretty... Big news, I think. Jaden McGowan, not just the 97-yard kickoff return, but had 180 all-purpose yards for for Vanderbilt. Yeah, he's a really exciting player. I mean, he's, he's got to be. If he's not the fastest guy on the team, he's pretty close to it. I talked to him after the game about that kick return for a touchdown, and he said it was almost like it was going in slow motion. And I was like, what is it like when you get to that last guy and you know that you're going to take it to the house? He's like, yeah, that's pretty it – was, it was, he said it was the most fun feeling he'd had he thought playing college football – uh, that was really a big play, 97 yards all the way to the house. And yeah, it was one of those things like once he got to the outside and you saw he had one man to beat, it's like, man, he's going to get this thing done. It felt like they'd been a long time coming. It had been a long time since Vanderbilt had had one of those. And he's one of those guys you expect if you're going to get one, uh, he's one of those dudes that can make it happen. But he is, he is so fast and he really did a good job catching the football too. He made one spectacular catch. Uh, along the right side. I think it was in the first half of that game. That was a great play. And I thought A.J. Swan threw the ball pretty well, too, uh, for first time out for this season. I uh, went into the season knowing he's going to be the starter as, as a sophomore this year. And uh, I thought the passing game was pretty solid. Of course, there, there's work to be done in the run game. There's no question about that. Uh, going to have to run the football better if you're going to have success throughout this season. But, yeah, the passing game was good. A couple catches for Will Shepard. But, yeah, Jaden McGowan is just spectacular. Uh, some of those plays he made, especially that kick return. First kickoff return for Vanderbilt for a touchdown since Darius Sims. Wow, that has been a minute, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Ingram at King Ram Sports. <laughs> I'm sorry, at King Ram Radio. No, it's it, it, it's King Ingram Sports. It is sports? Yeah, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing? Yeah, that's my bad. Man, they're going to be contacting some other Kevin Ingram that works in radio. You'll probably like out in, you know, out west somewhere. Yeah. I've I've run into a few Kevin Ingrams over the years. There was one that played uh, arena football for the LA Avengers. He was actually one of the best two-way players in the arena football league. And one time they came here to play Nashville, and I, I think I got a picture with him or did an interview with him or something like that. And yeah, there have been a few others over the years. There, there was a Kevin Ingram that played in a rock band over in Illinois when my parents lived there. People were calling their house trying to find him. But <laughs> well, if 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 he was if there's one who was a former arena player, then I'm sure Yao knows him. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, other than the run game, Kevin, what what else do you see specifically that Vanderbilt might be a little concerned with going forward? 
Yeah, I, I think the run game's uh, certainly one of the bigger concerns. Uh, to me, there are a couple times where, I've, and, and again, some of this is first game stuff, and, and it'll get cleaned up. Probably a few too many penalties, certainly for Coach Lee's liking. Um, a couple times on defenders would have liked to see guys wrap up and, and tackle, maybe maybe be a little more solid in that area. And and for the offensive line, they gave up three sacks. But, you know, if you pass as many times as Vanderbilt does, uh, you're going to give up a few of those. But yeah, there are certainly things to clean up after game one. Uh, you saw some, you know, saw some really nice individual performances. You saw some guys who, are, you know, have, have some learning to do. Uh, Martel Height, the, the freshman, got a lot of playing time. Cornerback spot as a, as a true freshman out there. And, you know, you, you watch those guys, you know, playing that first college game. You know, there, there, there's a lot a lot going on, but uh, he's going to be a terrific player too. But, yeah, definitely some things to clean up from game one to game two. You know, we, we were fortunate enough to get um... – Commodore's coach Clark Leon with us on Wednesday, and he talked about a couple of the true freshman receivers from right here in town, London Humphreys from Christ Presbyterian Academy and Junior Cheryl from, from Lipscomb Academy. London got his first touchdown catch Saturday night. He did, and that was a really nice play, and I, I thought he – and actually he caught that ball right in front of me. I think it was a 32-yard touchdown. One thing I like that he did on that play is he didn't give away that the ball was arriving until it was right on him. He turned around, made the catch, and full stride right to the end zone. Uh, yeah, those those freshmen, they've been impressive in camp. Uh, him and, and Junior Sherrill have both been really good. Kind of fun to see those local guys have that success. And, you know, you think about on the defensive side, Nate Clifton's, uh, he's one of the captains this year and, you know, plays on the defensive line guy who played at Brentwood Academy and uh, is from Laverne. So, uh, there's a lot of talent in this area, and you get some of those guys, they can make a real difference on your football team. But, yeah, uh, a good start for uh, some of the young players in that game on Saturday. Absolutely. And like you said, it's really nice to see those local kids. And you mentioned C.J. Taylor um, earlier as we were talking about def on defense, the former Warren County standout. Um, mm -hmm. Goodness gracious, he was everywhere Saturday night. He was. Yeah, he, he sure was. And I, you know, I, I thought maybe last year, as far as players making a big jump last year, he was as big as anybody on Vanderbilt's team. And he was a real difference maker by the time the end of the season got there. And they won those two games in, uh, you know, Kentucky and Florida there toward the end of the season, especially against Florida. He was awesome. And, uh, you know, I just like the versatility. Him and Derek, you're right. They could just do so many things. They're such good athletes and such smart football players. They could just do so many things for you on that uh, for that defense and and you know people ask me okay where's keys to the defense a whole lot of it starts with those two guys right there yeah i just i just love the way cj's playing he led the team in tackles on saturday and off to a great start here in his junior season speaking of two-way players you you might have to put him in the backfield at some point and, and get the run game going i don't know dude dude was a monster he could do a little something with the rock in his hand yeah still can <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no doubt uh you know Attendance in a game like this with the, the, the weather and all of the things that had to go with that, can't really put a lot of, of emphasis on that. But for fan experience, I mean, obviously the construction has been a, a topic of discussion in Nashville and around the southeast, if not nationally. But it, it seemed to be fine on, on Saturday night, you know, got, got the scoreboard up. Uh, whether you know, no matter what, there's a scoreboard in the end zone, and and there's 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 speakers and all that. So it kind of felt like everything was just normal. 
It, it really did, you know, for all the talk about the construction, you had a lot of amateur engineers out there, you know, talking about <laughs> what, what they thought about it, you know, in the, in the weeks leading up to the game. Last week they were, you know, uh, they, they were some, some kind of other expert on Facebook but the thing is there, there's no real good way to do it when you're doing a major renovation on your stadium there's no easy way to make all that happen and pretty much everybody who's had a college football stadium has gone through some renovations at some point and you got to try to play a season while while doing the work uh i i thought it went about as well as it possibly could you know they 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 fenced off the end zones. It, I was telling Clark Lee after the game, it was like, it felt like we were in a fenced in backyard with the way that, you know, the, the walls were behind the goalpost. And um, I, I thought, you know, I thought it went fine. I, I didn't really see a whole lot of difficulty for fans getting in and out of the place. I mean, uh, Vanderbilt was you know, pretty intentional about letting people know how you're going to go in and how you're going to go out when the game was over. And it did make it a little more difficult with the weather and the delay and, you know, people trying to find somewhere to go, whether it's down the concourse or, or back in the memorial to just sort of camp out until the uh, delay was over and you could go back out into your seats. But uh, as far as the game itself, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fun atmosphere and there, there are a lot of, Good crowd, you know, for as late as the game ended up starting after eight o'clock. I thought, you know, the, the home stands were, were pretty full on, on the on the west side, on the home sideline side of the field and stadium. And uh, there's more Hawaii fans there than really I, I might have expected. But I thought it was a good crowd, a good atmosphere for the opener on Saturday. Alabama A&M next, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. What, what's the expect? I, I don't think it'll be 35-28. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say this. I, I believe Hawaii is vastly improved from what Vanderbilt saw last year. Yeah, and I mean, I think even Matt Stinchcom spoke a little bit to that during the telecast Saturday night. They are probably going to battle for, you know, middle of the road in the Mountain West. I mean, that's, that's not a bad ball club. I think that's a win that's going to look better as the season goes, if you're Vanderbilt, because again, looking back at last year's game, I think a lot of folks expected a, a repeat of that. And this Hawaii team isn't that Hawaii team. Yeah, Hawaii was vastly improved from last year. Uh, we went out and did the game in Honolulu. And once Vanderbilt sort of took control in the first half, that game was kind of over. The one one on Saturday was not over until the very end. Uh, they've definitely added some talent. As talked about, they've they changed their offense to something that's very familiar to, to Coach Chang and, and what they do. So, yeah, that team was, was way better than they were last year, and I mean, probably has a great chance to make some some noise in the Mountain West. Uh, don't ask me much about Alabama A&M right now. Uh, I'll probably know a little more in a couple of days than I do at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think for Vanderbilt, you're trying to build off that game and keep doing what you do and and uh, improve on you know the, the systems and – position groups that, that you have for Vanderbilt and, and go forward. Alabama A&M dealing with a very difficult situation. I don't know if you guys have seen Twitter, but North Carolina Chapel Hill is dealing with an active shooter situation. Well, apparently so is Alabama A&M. Oh, goodness. Huntsville hmm. police have arrested a second man in connection with a shooting on the campus of Alabama A&M last week, so they are dealing with that uh, situation as hmm. well. So obviously want to be mindful of, of all the things that they're, those kids are, are probably going through and want to throw that out there. But, uh, but yeah, you know, this is a, 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 an interesting matchup. Looking forward to seeing it at First Bank Stadium. Should be a lot of fun. It'll be on ESPN Plus, I assume. 
that's what it looks like at FCC yep. Network Plus, whatever that's, whichever one. Um, should be should, should be another fantastic a, a opportunity to go see what's going on at Vanderbilt on the West End. And uh, Kevin, we appreciate you taking time with us. Look forward to talking to you again. And and we'll get that logo to you. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank thank you for the logo. Really appreciate that. It's gonna it's gonna look really good on the on the left chest somewhere. Oh man, <laughs> all over the place. Give me my nil deal. There you go. Thanks, Kevin. All right, anytime, fellas. Thank you. We'll take a break. Okay, hold up. Oh, go ahead. Before Sorry. we take a break. Okay. Can we fix that before we have him on again? Yeah, because well, I, I, I didn't realize it, had, it was messed up. I, I had no idea. Oh. Until you said that, I didn't even realize it. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll get that taken care of next Thanks. time. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll react to high school football and college football here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is the Monday Mirror, a look back at the weekend right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. 
We specialize in orthopedic service, and our OrthoQuick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back on this Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. A lot of M's in there. Monday Mirror, Main Street Sports, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Bone. Uh, yeah, you're wearing your MTSU gear. It's a lot of M's. It's a good day. Flip mics. Flip mics. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the Monday Mirror is always fun because we get a chance to take a look at all the things that happened over the weekend. Not a lot of college football to really talk about, but obviously, you know, Jacksonville State getting their first win in FBS and uh, Vanderbilt with their win. But the big story of the weekend, <laughs> the Minutemen of Massachusetts, <laughs> not making Conference USA look any better. Mm. No. It, it was tough. A tough scene for New Mexico State at home. Yeah. UMass had to come all the way across the country. I mean, again, geography doesn't mean anything anymore unless you are making the trip from Massachusetts to New Mexico. A 28-point fourth quarter. Yikes. Yikes. That is, <laughs> that is, that is accurate. Mm. Um, what was our final? 41-30, the final score. And, yeah, I mean, tough day for for the Aggies, obviously. But I'll, have you have you seen Matt, UMass's quarterback's name? <laughs> I have not. Here, you pronounce it. Tyson. Tyson. T A I S U N. Tyson. Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson P. Famachan. Famachan sounds. It's as good of a guess as I've got. Yeah. Uh, out of Bridgeport, Connecticut, by the way. Uh, 10 of 17 <laughs> passing for 192 yards, but he led all rushers in the game on the ground as he put up video game numbers. Again, 192 yards passing, but ran for 96 yards as well. So, obviously the player of the game. No question there. Tyson. Tyson. Tyson Congrats. Hayes. Uh, other games over the weekend. USC did not look great in the first half, only up 21-14 on San Jose State, but clearly pulled away late, uh, winning 56-28 over the Spartans. But, you know, that, that's that's a lot of depth. Just they figured out we're here, we might as well win. Yeah, I mean, there's a... Nick Nash of San Jose State had six catches for 89 yards, but three of those went for touchdowns. That's a pretty Efficient. good day. That's a, that's a pretty good day for him. Uh, Sam Hartman looked good for Notre Dame. Four touchdown passes and, and their win over Navy over in Ireland. Uh, not surprising that that game was under three hours, by the way. <laughs> Surprise. Well, how many passes did Navy throw? Seven. 
There you go. Uh, San Jose, sorry, sorry, San Diego State with a win over Ohio to start the year. Ohio. Yes, Ohio. The like Bobcats. The Bobcats. Yes. And did you? Uh, I wish I wish I had put this in, but did you see the the score bug for that for that Fox Sports? Mm-mm. It looked like. You remember the old ESPN2 where it looked like they wrote ESPN? <laughs> That's what it looked like. Oh, wow. It was a very 90s-style graphic that the, the logos and the names were kind of tilted, and mm-hmm. it was just wild. But I loved it. I thought what it was What was great. that on? Uh, it's a, the score bug for Fox Sports. Oh, Fox Sports, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, just a really interesting way of doing that. And in other CUSA action, Florida International falling to La Tech after – Getting up 14 nothing early, uh, La Tech wins 22 to 17 with a nine-point fourth quarter to uh, to get that win there. So that's that's pretty much it. Um, FIU lost to La Tech. Mm-hmm. Not a good weekend for the McIntyre fans. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. As Clint Finch. Who we had on our show last week. Hey, you know what? Come on with the Main Street Sports today, guys, and win a ball game. You never know what might happen. Right. Uh, behind Baylor Hayes, who threw for 275 yards and one touchdown, ran for a couple more, including the go-ahead touchdown in the final minute uh, in the win, the 21-18 win over Brentwood Academy, led by George McIntyre. You know, we talked about Baylor Hayes matching George McIntyre. It, it appears that Baylor Hayes is in that conversation, or at least I think he's. And you know, like like we talked about, and like Clint talked about, he 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 said, "I'm I'm not bothered if he wants to go out and try to prove that there's two good quarterbacks in this ball game tonight." Uh, I, I feel like he did. Yeah, and that's. He, Baylor Hayes is up for Main Street Preps Player of the Week, brought to you by De- Delta Dental. Mm-hmm. Not Daily Dental. Delta Dental. Uh, also, Delta Vision now. Yeah, their 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 ad oh. is, we put the C in Tennessee, and I was like, this is a dentist company. But it says, now <laughs> Delta Vision. So, <laughs> it, it certainly got me. To look a little harder. So yeah, Delta, Delta Dental and Delta Vision. Hey, is that your boy from last week? No, it's not. It's <laughs> not. Um, but but yeah. So if you want to go to MainStreetPreps.com, we've got the athletes of the week poll up. And if not Baylor Hayes, as I read through these, mm-hmm. uh, and read, read through those as we read through these. Monte Baldwin, Columbia Academy's junior running back, ran for 256 yards and count them five, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns on uh, 16 carries as his team got a big win last Thursday. In Cheatham County, Blake Allison, five catches, 89 yards, two scores, also ran for a 30-yarder uh, against Cheatham County for Harpeth. So got a, that's a solid day and Glencliff senior Eric Thomason was 9 of 17 for 168 and two touchdowns while running for 40 and two more scores in the Colts first win since 2018 so nearly five years so 18 
19 season, 20 season, 21, and 22, yes. So there were some seniors that did not win a game. Yep. Man, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, in Dixon County, Wyatt Gramley, the quarterback for the Cougars, threw for 97 yards, run for 30. Johnny Jackson, down in Giles County, junior quarterback, was 15 of 24 for 179. Added nine carries for 74 yards in that 34-28 loss over in Savannah. <clears throat> Amore Galbraith from Clarksville ran 17 times for 119 yards, three touchdowns in their drubbing of Springfield. Hold up. Yep. <clears throat> Prior to the game, Clarksville um, announced the inaugural members of their Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. Among those inducted posthumously was former Clarksville High, former University of Tennessee, former NFL lineman, and former Tennessee State assistant coach, Harry Galbraith. Wow. Wow. That's a heck of a night for a I think that might be one of his grandsons. Well, that's a heck, so. heck of a night for the Galbraiths. Absolutely. Uh, was, was Bruno Reagan involved in that? Or? Uh, not in the inaugural. Right. I'm, I'm sure his time is coming. <laughs> Probably. Elijah Groves for East Robertson. They're 69 nothing. Beat down of Houston County. Seven tackles, forced a fumble, returned a fumble for a touchdown, and had a 90-yard kickoff return. Oh, and by the way, had a couple of catches for 45 yards. It's a pretty good day. That's not a bad day. Eagleville Jr., Noah Lilly, three interceptions to go with his seven tackles and a 54 nothing win over Community. Luke Dickens of Station Camp, the senior passed for 168, ran for 144, and scored five touchdowns uh, as Station Camp couldn't quite out, outscore Gallatin in the Mayor's Cup, but heck of a game, and great job by Luke Dickens. I wonder if he's any kidding to Billy. Uh, Wilson County's Tyson Wolcott of Friendship Christian ran 31 times for 298, four touchdowns in their win over DCA, and then Bryce Stanfield of Waverly. Yeah. Have you seen what he's doing? No, I haven't, and, but I've, I bet Kid Hartsfield has. Let, let me just, hold on. Let, let me see if there are, if there's a second. Season totals for Bryce Stanfield. 649 rushing yards, 135 receiving yards, and nine total touchdowns. We're two games into the yeah. This last week he had 367 and 40 on the ground, 49 receiving and three touchdowns and a two-point conversion, plus eight tackles on defense in their win over Fairview. Mm. And then Ty Collins of Nolansville uh, completed 14 of 18 passes, four touchdowns and a 50-24 to 24 win over Antioch. He carried the ball eight times for 66 yards as well. So those are your options for player of the week. And, you know, If I'm voting for people on this list, Bryce Stanfield is probably the guy. 
But boy, Monte Baldwin had a great game and, and continues to do it. He, he, along with Stansfield, has has been fantastic all year long. Um, Baldwin has 449 rushing yards on 45 carries and eight touchdowns in two games. So, I mean, as Friendship Christian puts together their scouting report for this weekend over in Lebanon, three is going to be pretty high on it. Yeah, I, I would, I would, <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> tough loss for Lipscomb Academy, but not super confused. I mean, thirty-one thirty in overtime, right? Was it overtime? Thirty-one thirty. Uh, yeah, <coughs> it was overtime. I think I think Sarahland went for two to win it. So what? Oh. I think Sarahland went for two to win it. And got it. And got it. Ooh, ooh, that's tough. That's. I mean, you know, that just. It, I'm not super surprised at that outcome. I, I really thought Lipscomb Academy probably should have been a little more talented and, and won the game, but I, I don't know. I mean, Sarah Lynn, really, really good. But biggest surprise of the week for you? Um, again, I was so busy with post-game or post-Friday night stuff that I didn't really have a chance to digest Scores to the point of Oakland gauging losing. a surprise. I, I mean, I don't know anything about Central Grove. I don't know a lot about Central Grove, but again, I do know that Oakland lost their starting quarterback to a broken collarbone. Now, I don't know when that took place, you know, how early in the game. Oakland scored first and led 7 nothing, and that was the last thing I saw until I saw, like, 23-10. Um, I was, I wasn't necessarily surprised at Oakland not winning. I might have expected the game to have been a little closer. And again, not knowing when Kyler Creasy went out of that ball game. So I don't know exactly what to make of that. The Trojans of Center Grove, much like Oakland, three-time defending state champs in Class 6A mm -hmm. in Indiana. Uh, is that the largest class in Indiana? So there's that. Uh, and, and losing your starting quarterback in the middle of that one, no matter when it was, probably had something to do with the mm -hmm. outcome, I would guess. You know, uh, one, one score that did kind of jump out at me, you know, I know Lincoln County has not been great of late. <laughs> But Davidson Academy going down there and winning 41 to 13 at the pit. One, I don't think the pit is what the pit used to be, but I think that's, I think that's a pretty good win for for um, Jonathan Quinn and and the Bears there. It's just going on the road in a fairly tough environment and getting a four touchdown win like that. I would agree. Also. Did you see the Richland Cascade score? I did, 23-15 for the Raiders. I, I, that, that's a big win for, for Nick. You know, this and, and Richland it, it, It's at this point that we need to point out that you picked the champions. I did. Okay. But I think, I think this might be a big year for, for the Raiders. I 
I have thought that this might be a big year for the Raiders ever since the announcement that they were going back to 1A this year. Right. The Class 1A move, is, and now you see they, they have they played right there with 5A Lincoln County. And, you know, anytime you're playing against a team that, that's, that certainly has more numbers but is probably bigger than you, mm -hmm. and, you, you know, you had every, every opportunity to win that game. And then to beat Cascade, I, I really feel like this – this team has a, a legitimate shot to be uh, a real contender in Class 1A in this, uh, on this side of the bracket. Anyway. I'll tell you what, I don't know when they and Eagle will play. Could be a really, really but good one. I think that could be a good ball game whenever it is. Um, what else? I mean, Pearl Cone. I, I still want to know how CPA and Ezo Harding both got to 11. Friday night. It's a weird way, and, and I, I mean, mean because either, either, and 15's a weird score too. But well, Mount Pleasant got to 15 because they kicked an extra point, and then they went for two, and got it later before they kicked a field goal. But 11 is either a touchdown and a two-point conversion and a field goal, or which why. If you're kicking field yeah, goals, if you're kicking kicking field goals exactly. Going for two. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, a touchdown, an extra point, and two safeties. And <laughs> where, where are they doing that? So 11 is a weird score. 11 is a weird football score. Yes. Yeah, so at I, any point. Um, you mentioned the Stan, Stanfield kid. Um, yes. Waverly defeated Fairview 47-21. Fairview 0-2 after losing to East Hickman last week. Not a great start for the fighting Chris Hughes out in western Williamson County. No, not not at all. But that's not, you know, that's not to say he can't right the ship. Still plenty of time. So, yeah. And neither of those were, well, is, no, neither of those is a region guy. So. Correct. Is that. I got to give it up for Kirkwood, man. Two and oh. Two and oh. The Cobras. They'll bite you. If you don't watch out. So, yeah, I got to give it up to, don't to run them. Don't run up on them. And, boy, I think Nolansville is going to be tough to beat. Uh, but so is Centennial. 42 nothing over Summit. That's a. Centennial has scored 76 points in two games. And, and they get to go to Independence this week, which will be a really fun matchup after Independence got a big win on Friday night. Independent spotted page, 17 in the first half, came back tied at forced overtime, and um, Landrick Majewski wound up kicking three field goals, including the game winner for the Eagles. Just today. as long as I don't have to go anywhere that Lawson Smith goes the rest of the year, I'll be happy. If you see Lawson Smith coming, settle in. It's going to be a long night. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Kid has covered back-to-back -back triple overtime games. Um, hopefully we got those out of the way. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. All right, let's go into a little rapid-fire reaction here, Mo, mm -hmm. as we've got a, a few topics to get into. Number one, want to, to jump into some uh, college sports. Michigan will be handing off head coaching duties to four different coaches in Jim Harbaugh's three-game suspension. Four different coaches in three games. 
one coach is going to head coach the first half, one guy's going to head coach the second half. It's it is a weird thing, but here we are. Um, everybody gets a trophy, right? Well, everybody gets a chance, and you know, I think it's cool, but I also think it's weird. Does that make sense? I I, I think it's more weird than cool. And so, <laughs> I don't know how good of an idea it is to change your head coach in the middle in of the, the middle game. of a game. Yeah. So I, I'm just throwing that out there. But let's see if I can. Oh, Michigan is now coping with the loss of another coach as the fallout from the Jim Harbaugh situation continues. Oh, goodness. According fallout? to clutch points here. Fallout from <clears throat> burgers? More than burgers, remember? <laughs> um, Hashtag. Offensive coordinator Sharon Moore will be suspended for the season opener. Oh. And I'm pretty sure that he is one of the head coaches. Not for that game. Not for but, but clearly that, not. But among those three, that's that's interesting. Um, Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator, not to be confused with AJ, um, will will take over the head yep, will take over head coaching duties in week one. And yeah, so Four different head coaches in three in three weeks. Should be an interesting situation for Michigan as that rolls out. I, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say to that. Seriously, like that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. It's definitely different. So but, I mean, how often do you deal with coaches being suspended for multiple games either, though? So, uh. Sharon Moore will coach against Bowling Green on September 16th. So that's that's game two. And then... Is he going to coach the entire game? Jay Harbaugh. Yes. Jay Harbaugh will, will, will take over duties in the first half of the UNLV game while Mike Hart, the former running back... Mm -hmm coaches in the second half. So who's coaching this weekend? The, uh, the defensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, the, what did I say his name was? Mentor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got one coach for this season opener. Two coaches for the next game against UNLV, Jay Harbaugh and Mike Hart, mm -hmm. and then Sharon Moore in. In the third game? In the third game. And he'll have it for the whole game. The duration. Okay. So there's that. Thought that was weird. Wanted it is. <laughs> it really is. Could have saved that for Wednesday maybe, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Arizona State will not be playing in a bowl game. They have self-imposed a bowl ban for the year, which is huge for those seniors, mm -hmm. unfortunately, and they're not happy. I bet they're not. Understandably so. I mean, again... Ask the folks at Oklahoma State. I mean, why cooperate? Does you no good? Well, it, we feel like it, they, it did Tennessee a little good. They avoided the bowl ban. But 
Tennessee is the outlier in that they virtually invited the NCAA in. There's a difference. The NCAA didn't come, and then Tennessee was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. we'll, we'll self-impose some penalties. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. They we got said, out hey, in front of that. Our coaching staff did some stuff. <laughs> we just letting y'all know. In case y'all were worried or wondering. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a little different. I agree. We, we, we caught him. <laughs> yeah, we, we caught him. Y'all didn't have to come in here. And by the way, we're telling you up front. So I, I, we I think caught him. Right. We fired him. You know. He gone. Yeah. So, so, anyway. so yeah, yeah. That, I, I think the Tennessee situation is a little different from anything else. Meanwhile, and this was, this was a heck of a tweet. And I want to see if I can pull it up because I want to attribute it to the right person and not. Yeah, Stephen Godfrey. Attribution. He's from Saturday Down South, right? Uh, or Washington Post. Oh, different, different guy. Yeah. My favorite part of this particular NCAA saga is that Herm Edwards went straight back to ESPN as an analyst without ever being pressed by ESPN reporters about what happened at Arizona State, and now he jabbers about character and integrity on ESPN while talking about other coaches and players. He doesn't just jabber about it on ESPN either, by the way. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but, yes. I. So I'm told. That is a heck of a point. I, well, I mean, yeah. He said... Herm Edwards was the captain of the ASU ship when it sank. He safely escaped on a luxurious $4.4 million lifeboat while the players were left behind to drown. I, look, I'm... <laughs> That's, that draws a heck of a picture right there. It does. It is, I mean, he's, he's sitting on the door while the Sun Devil is clinging on for dear life. Yeah, I'm not sure how much that driving is going to help him. Not much. So anyway, that's that's a that's a thing that's happening. Um, <laughs> Trey Lance traded to the Cowboys. To the Cowboys. Um, it's unfortunate from the standpoint that I don't think Trey Lance had the opportunity to live up to his potential with the 49ers. I mean, I, I think they got impatient with him. I think he had some injury issues, but... Yes, and I also understand the 49ers position. Well, I understand we the 49ers win. position. We're, we're in a window. I, I understand their position. But I don't know why it's you're trading It's just unfortunate. Well, because you can get something for him, as opposed to what? As opposed to keep him around until you need him. I guess they just didn't feel like he was going to be someone that they needed or they or, felt like they could get somebody that could fill a need better. And maybe Trey gets an opportunity somewhere else. How about the Cowboys, though, doing, doing some, some good in the situation? Giving Will Greer an entire game to showcase him, his, himself. Before they cut him? Before cutting him, and he just goes out there and, oh, by the way, balls out 
Dude looks insanely good in that one. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Will Greer is going to end up on his feet somewhere. And, uh, it, I mean, it kind of works out for maybe everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's kind of what you want to see. I mean, you want to give a kid an opportunity. So. Yeah. And, and opportunity is all you can ask for. All right. You guys have an opportunity to come back with us on Tuesday. Chip Walters will join us and much, much more. So come back with us on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back to the Lee Company Studio tomorrow at 2 o'clock. See you then. Thank <laughs> you.